Welcome to the Man Cave Podcast with Dan Casper. Dr. Austin Crow for a little inside the uh, training room. By the way, first off, I should say, did you have a good birthday there, big guy? Absolutely. That oh boy. Well, happy birthday from everybody to you, all of our listeners. Much appreciate it. So, hey, uh, I want to start off with, uh, I know we talked about him a little bit uh, earlier, but now that he's back with the Brewers, Brandon Woodruff uh, signing a two-year deal to return with the Brewers and just kind of do a little bit of a refresher of, of the injury that he has because he's not expected, at least that's the last I've heard, to, to pitch this year. And there's still you still got fans you know, kind of excited, maybe thinking, hey, is there a chance maybe if they get to the postseason, that sort of thing. But to, to kind of refresh people's minds, he underwent surgery to repair an anterior capsule in his right shoulder and when he was talking mm-hmm. with the the media the other day he said he had it about four months four months ago it's progressing nicely he's already on a, a throwing program is that in your opinion kind of a, a, a typical timeline where he's at right now and is there maybe a shot that he could return if if the brewers get to the postseason or is it best that just expect him not to play at all this year uh, so I'd say his timeline seems pretty accurate for what you'd think it would be. Um, so just a quick refresher, the capsule is, is basically the front part of the joint. Now, most shoulder injuries, especially in throwers, we see more labral pathology. So the labrum, is, think of it as like the anchor for the capsule on the socket side. Um, his injury was a little bit more unique where it was instead of on that labral side, it's where it extends into the ligaments in the capsule of the shoulder. So he had some type of capsular repair, either on the humeral side or what's called a capsular shift. In either event, the idea is that it imparts a better stability to the shoulder, so that likely is what was going on. Um, throwers are always a challenge. I mean, the dynamics that they put on their shoulders and elbows are just, I mean, it, it's crazy. So when you talk about return to sport, it's always going to be a longer timeline than, than a, a, quote, standard athlete. So, And because it's such a delicate thing, you really want to – go through the process slowly so to think that he's going to be back this season again i mean that's probably pushing it i suppose in the perfect circumstance if he's progressing well and there's a postseason run athletes are always willing to probably put their bodies in line a little bit more when you're talking about the postseason so it's a possibility but to me i just don't see it happening um unless things again really fall into into you know perfect alignment and how much does it affect because last year he missed a big portion of the season with the shoulder injury too and then you know this was right before the the postseason started that we found out about this one i I got to imagine if i'm the brewers you know knowing that's two shoulder injuries you know maybe being very cautious at that point absolutely i mean i think again especially a shoulder that's been operated on it's always always met with trepidation so the the teams the medical staff are going to go very slowly with this because once you get into these kind of recurrent problems that don't go away, it can be career-ending. And so clearly taking it slow is going to be the best best route. Um, and, and really they're going to, again, do everything they can to avoid getting stuck in a cycle of repeat shoulder issues. Is there any long-term issue with this? Or does a surgery like this, and if he goes through the proper rehab and that, that you know, chances are that he can return back to, to what he was maybe before this injury? Um. Yes, I mean, there's a, there, this is a big surgery. Um, and any any time you operate on an overhead athlete or a thrower on their on the on their dominant side, you always counsel them this may never get back 100. percent So there's absolutely a chance that this is going to be either altering or still potentially career ending. I mean, so I'm, I'm not saying it will be by any means, but 
there's always pause, and there's plenty of studies that look at labral and encapsular work on throwers, and it, you don't always get back 100%. So um, that being said, some do. Um, I mean, probably the most famous one was Drew Brees. He had a 360-degree labral tear that James Andrews fixed, and, and that was in his throwing shoulder, and he ended up having, what, eight or ten Pro Bowls after that injury. Mm-hmm. So you can get back, and you can get back at a high level. So it absolutely can happen, and certainly wish the best. But, um, again, the, the demands they put on those joints are just to the absolute extreme. And so if the joints aren't working at 100%, they're going to have problems. And so um, do some bounce back 100%, do some bounce back at, you know, 80, 70, 60, you know, at some point, it becomes low enough where it's like they just can't get back to where they were. So, yeah, this this if it goes well, he could be back. If not, it could still be a problem, unfortunately. So on the flip side here, the Mets uh, announced uh, the other day their their ace pitcher, Senga, uh, is it Kodai Senga, uh, I think how you pronounce it there, but uh, they said a little bit of the opposite. He's got a right posterior capsule strain. So we were talking about Brandon Woodruff mm-hmm. had the anterior. This one's a posterior. Yep. Is there – uh, a major difference, like is one worse than the other, I guess, is what I'm going to ask. Um, in throwers, I would say posterior tends to be a, l- <clears throat> a little bit more of an issue, um, especially if there's issues with what's called internal impingement, which often those go hand in hand. So if he's having posterior capsular, posterior labral issues, um, that can be that can go hand in hand with something called internal impingement. It has to do with the amount of rotation that the shoulder can undergo. Um, so those can be a little bit more problematic. Anterior tends to be, so when the pitcher throws, we break down the throw. When the arm is maximally brought back, we call it the late cocking phase, where the arm is really far back, that's where you're going to strain the, the anterior capsule. Conversely, the posterior capsule is when the arm is coming through, and you can have this basically impaction or impingement, as the name is, implies, rubbing of the posterior shoulder against the posterior cuff. Um, and that can be a problem that, that can, that's, that's a cause of superior labral tears and problems that pitchers get. So I, I don't know if one's better or worse. They both certainly are seen in throwers. So mm-hmm. I, I, if I had to say one that can be more recurrent, it would be probably posterior because that's usually a reflection of another problem. So if, if I'd say probably posterior is a little worse. I feel like, not by a lot. I feel like we've been talking about these, these capsule injuries a lot lately, maybe kind of like the Achilles in, in NFL, it seems like, the, this past year. It seems like these are... Yeah, they can be a run of them. Yeah. yeah it, the Achilles have been crazy, though. <laughs> okay, so I'm not, I'm not crazy. I know the NFL came out and said, oh, there's, you know, injuries aren't, you know, more common, but it just feels like the Achilles this past season was just, like, way up there, more than normal. It is, and I think what, what's even more so is the names that it hit, right? You, yeah. you knock out a couple starting quarterbacks and running backs and, I mean, in high-profile positions after big trades. I mean, that always draws more attention. So it creates a bit of a recall bias where you're like, well, everyone's tearing their Achilles. Well, maybe the actual number isn't that much higher, but it hit some seriously marquee players, and that, that draws so much more attention to it. And I know, uh, you know, this might be a little bit late, but, you know, we were talking about Kirk Cousins uh, last time, and, I had saw a clip when he was on Radio Row. I think it was Radio Row when he was talking about his injury. He actually talked about he thinks it was the cleats he wore at, at Lambeau Field that would have caused the that injury. Because I think a teammate of his, he said, last year uh, a Vikings player tore his Achilles at Lambeau Field over there too. So, I mean, now you got one side saying it's turf fields, and now you got another side saying it's a little bit more of a natural grass uh, with mm-hmm. that could factor into that. Yeah, I mean, so the, the concept behind that is that the foot gets stuck, right? So Achilles are torn almost universally with what's called an eccentric load. And people got a really good view of it with um, 
uh, Greenlaw, the Niners yeah. uh, linebacker. I'm sure you saw a clip of it. I mean, <laughs> think of that guy's played literally thousands of NFL snaps, and he's just running on the field. Yeah. And bam, there it goes. But if you watch it in slow-mo, he bounces in the air, and then he's catching his weight and pushes off. So eccentric load means the tendon's being stretched, and then there's a load going against it as it stretches. And so it creates this really high tensile force across it, and pop, there it goes. So in, when you look at it as far as Rodgers and Cousins, they had similar injuries where they're getting their leg loaded down and pushing off. So it's a little less dramatic than Greenlaw's was, but it's the same idea. Um, you have this eccentric load. So if the foot is being stuck in the ground, if you will, and it's not allowed to slide out, that in theory increases the risk. But I, I don't buy it personally. Um, I think both grass and artificial turf, I mean, if people are sliding over the field, people complain. If the people have good traction, people complain. I mean, there's there's just no perfect ground. I mean, you need to have a stable surface. And so I don't think it was anything that, that's really, quote-unquote, the, the cleat's fault. So maybe he was worried about traction, wore extra long spikes, and his foot stuck a little more maybe and didn't give. I, I Maybe. Um, but I don't think – I mean, if that's the case, why didn't anyone else tear it, right? I, I, mm-hmm. I just, Is it a contributing factor? Maybe. But causation, I don't know. Yeah, you're, I'm glad you brought him up because I kind of forgot about him there too. But you're, I mean, you want to talk about a freak injury? You know, I've heard people mm-hmm. say they tore their ACL just kind of like backpedaling on a basketball court or or something. I mean, I I played intramurals one time in college, doctor, and a kid that or a, a friend of mine was on my team and went up for a rebound, came down and fell down and was like in a lot of pain. I'm like, you're fine. You just sprained your ankle. Ended up he tore his Achilles. <laughs> and I'm a kids major, yep. and I'm like, just put ice on it. You're going to be fine. <laughs> and he goes to the doctor. The next, out there. Yeah, next day he goes to the doctor, and he tore his Achilles. I mean, some of the stuff is just, yeah. it seems to be really kind of freaky at that point, and I don't know how you can prevent it. I, I mean, there's there's certainly a lot of that, and we've touched on that in the past, like, you know, the quote-unquote injury-prone athlete. And I I think there are people who can have an injury or a joint that becomes a problem. So knees with cartilage damage. I mean, we can go through athlete after athlete that have had that problem or like a shoulder that has persistent stability or excessive stiffness. That can be a joint, but like when people like injure an Achilles and then it's a ACL and then it's like, if it's different things, it's just fluke. I, I mean, I don't think anyone, those athletes are all putting their bodies to the extreme. And so they get these circumstances. Now, again, even looking at someone playing intramural college basketball, um, you just get put in that wrong circumstance. You load it the wrong way. And, I mean, how many thousands and thousands of times has your buddy probably done that? And mm-hmm. just that one time, pop, there it goes. So, um, yeah, some things are absolutely just freak bad luck. It's just the way it works. So with with Greenlaw, the fact that he tore it in, in the Super Bowl, chances that he's going to be ready for for next season, would you say slim at, at since it was so late in the year? Yeah, I mean, for the beginning of the season, he won't. I mean, preseason, all that camp, he will definitely not be ready. I, you could look at getting him back in at some point in the season, um, but we'll see how he recovers. I, I it just those those are big tendons that you need to heal correctly, and I, I just you just don't want to push that one too hard because if it re tears, you're in big trouble. So, I mean, obviously, we all were spoon fed the uh, Aaron Rodgers saga. Mm-hmm. Of, I'm coming back when I had a strong suspicion from the get-go that wasn't going to happen, and obviously that's how it played out. So you just there's some things you don't want to rush. I mean, you got to pay the piper, take your time, rehab it correctly, and then get back when you're ready. So could he make it to summer next season? I do think so, but is it going to be the beginning of the year? I think that's unlikely. 
We got uh, to wrap it up here. Combine's going to be starting next week, so we're going to hear all about medicals and you know tests and and mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff uh, with uh, uh, with all these. Does your buddy with the Texans? Do you know? Does he go? To the combine as part of that too to check, or is that not kind of in his wheelhouse? Or his... I don't know. I don't know. I can reach. I can reach out to him. Um, I'm, I'm imagining they do some stuff with that. Um, you know, but he, you know, it's more of the strength conditioning side. I, I, I doubt. Well, you know, maybe they're part of the team that assesses them. I don't know. I can ask him. Yeah. Um, I know the medical staff do. So I have a friend who worked with the Patriots for a little bit, and they, they every year they went to the combine. They do all their own exams. They do all. They'll. They have x-ray ct and mri on site um and they're getting scans on these athletes i mean it's crazy it's a dang meat market is what it is and so it's pretty crazy but i mean he also came back with some very interesting pictures of people who have surgeries that clearly did not go well they're still playing but it puts up huge red flags so there's all sorts of behind the scenes things that happen when people drop in the draft that are for medical reasons that just the the lay population just doesn't know and doesn't understand and so um, it is a very interesting, interesting time for these athletes, especially who have a history of, of injuries to whatever joint it may be. Um, it is, it is really, really, I'm sure intense for those guys and they want to go out and prove themselves. But mm-hmm. at the same breath, I mean, when you're talking about the mon- amount of money on the line, these teams just, if they say, look, these guys are fairly even and this guy's a really questionable history or injury that we're worried about, it'll absolutely affect their draft status and that's why we see some guys plummet at times mm-hmm. yeah i agree really quick I, I wanted to ask you this how big of a benefit going back to brandon woodruff is it that he's with a team and he can rehab with a team maybe as opposed to if he had to rehab on his own for the whole year do you think I think it's gonna be helpful i mean getting in there and working with staff i mean these guys all have access to the absolute best but in season they're going to have their training staff with them all the time. So I, I think that'll be beneficial to have, have that on its side because, I mean, the staff that they're going to be working with, top to bottom, so physician, therapy, massage therapist, athletic trainers, I mean, they have every single thing at their disposal and they utilize it. And so I think that is going to be beneficial without a doubt. All right. He's Dr. Crow. He's our dude, Chippewa Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Appreciate it, as always, every Friday, chatting with you, buddy. Uh, enjoy the rest of the week, and I'm sure we'll have some combine talk coming at you coming at you next week when we find out what's wrong with this player and that player. So, Perfect. All right, so we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks, buddy. Yep. Have a great weekend. You got it. There you go. There's Dr. Crow inside the training room, Chippewa Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Quick.